Welcome back to the Squared Sports Podcast. I'm the host of this podcast, Lane Frank. We're now episode number 103. Yes, sir, 103 episodes through, and I got action-packed episode planned for you. College ball playoff is set, and it'll be hot stove. College basketball and NBA rolling right now. Great week in the NFL. Great to come. Stay tuned for an action-packed episode. Let's start with episode 103. How you always do with the headlines in the NBA. Got a lot of news going on in the NBA right now. Injuries, currently Towns. He's going to be out for a while. Seems like four to six weeks. This interesting Minnesota Timberwolves team. Interested to see how it goes. D'Angelo Russell is going to take a lot of the load. Anthony Edwards. Biggest eyes right here is on Rudy Gobert. My eyes. How do they respond without currently Towns? How does Rudy Gobert play being the main big man yet again? It's going to be interesting. Tough setback. The Celtics, everybody, last time I did an episode, they were 17-4. Now they're sitting at 20-5. I said... This is going to be the Eastern Conference's premier team. They're probably going to make the NBA Finals, and they're probably going to win the Eastern Conference because of how they're doing with their record right now. Regular season, I think they're going to have the best record in the whole entire NBA. Now, does that mean I think they're going to win the whole entire championship? No, but they're playing great right now. 20-5, and five, playing great. Boston Celtics and our team, a little bit struggling right now in the Eastern Conference. My preseason NBA Finals pick, Philadelphia Sixers. They're sitting out around 12-9 and nine right now. James Harden's coming back, though, from injury. They're just getting more guys injured, though. They're banged up. Tyrese Maxey, Joel Embiid, lingering injuries. James Harden, lingering injuries. If they settle in, better get injuries early on the season than later on in the season for the Philadelphia 76ers. It's going to be interesting to see how that goes. For New Orleans Pelicans, this is really the first season where we've seen them all healthy. You get Brandon Ingram fully healthy. Zion Williamson, fully healthy. You got great point guards. You got great players. Steven Adams, you're the second best team in the Western Conference right now. So playing great, playing great right now. New Orleans Pelicans. Zion Williamson putting together another amazing season. Remember this one really full season he had? He was an all-star starter that year. So Zion Williamson and New Orleans Pelicans playing great right now. The Lakers, everybody, they're getting things going. Anthony Davis is looking like an MVP candidate. 55 points, 17 rebounds the other night. His 10th straight double-double. They're playing great right now. Los Angeles Lakers playing great. AD, a little bit of bounce back from the beginning of the season where they were just 0-5. AD had lingering in- injuries. LeBron's still a bit banged up right now, but they're playing better. Darvin Ham, and I got to interview him in August. I said, this is going to be a very good team, but if they get 45 wins, Darvin Ham's going to be the coach of the year. No doubt about it, because how bad they were last year, how good they're going to be this year. I think that happens. Darvin Ham, I think he can still be coach of the year if they get to 45 wins, 50 wins, whatever it might be. Lakers playing well right now. And Davis at the helm, playing well with LeBron James' absence. So now, moving over to the NFL. We an action-packed week. I want to start out with that Monday Night Football game. Buccaneers versus Saints. And this is where everybody's saying, oh, we got a red off Tom Brady. Oh, Andy Dalton, the red rifle. He's outplaying Tom Brady, who's amazing. Tom Brady needs to retire. Tom Brady and Julio Jones clutch up. Scotty Miller had some great plays. What an amazing drive by Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the end of that game. Jarvis Landry had a few mistakes, kind of let the Buccaneers back into that game. So yeah, what a great comeback by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And now, they got better record. They would drop the 5-7, and 5-8. and eight. Like, that would just been terrible for them. Lowers your playoff chances. That does happen. But Buccaneers playing well right now. The Rams, everybody, they got issues. And they just signed Baker Mayfield to maybe fix those issues. But Rams, they're playing with Bryce Perkins, that quarterback right now, with John Wolford out and Matthew Stafford, obviously, out for the rest of the season. It's going to be interesting to see how it goes because this is not a team that's going to make the playoffs. This is definitely not a team that's going to win the Super Bowl or anything like that, like they did last year. Not a repeat team. This might be Aaron Dodd's last season in the NFL. Never know. But Baker Mayfield is going to Los Angeles Rams. They play on Thursday Night Football. I'm interested to see how it goes with Baker. Maybe Sean McVay can turn Baker back into this, oh, amazing quarterback like he was in that 2020 NFL season where Baker won a playoff game. They played against the Chiefs. Almost won that game. Interesting to see how this goes with Baker Mayfield. Maybe he'll be the quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams for the next season. Seasons after that, it could revive Baker Mayfield's career. Great stuff right here. Great move by the Rams and Baker Mayfield. Good time by Baker Mayfield. He said, hey, Carolina Panthers release me. I see the 49ers. I see the Rams. Two good coaches. I can go to one of those teams and start for them. So yeah, Baker Mayfield, the newest 
Los Angeles Ram. But for the 49ers, just terrible news. Again, Jimmy Garoppolo, another injury every season. Now he's getting injured. It's tough because Jimmy Garoppolo is an amazing quarterback. 16 touchdowns, four interceptions on the season. He gets so much hate. He doesn't deserve it. Amazing player. And most times, Jimmy Garoppolo makes that one bohem mistake. But winning-wise, he brings it to a conference championship. He brings it to a Super Bowl. Not much to say on Jimmy Garoppolo here, Moss. I've broken down before. 49ers, they're going to struggle without Jimmy Garoppolo, but only seven, eight weeks it's looking like right now. Maybe we'll be back for playoff time. Maybe Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy season. He's going to start for them. Mr. Irrelevant of this year's draft was Brock Purdy, Iowa State quarterback. He's going to start for San Francisco 49ers. The Bills, everybody, they had a great game on Sunday. Josh Allen's tearing things up. Stephon Diggs is playing well. Just going to be interesting how to see how it goes. Bills playing well right now. Dallas Cowboys, everybody. They just dominated. Full out dominated. The Indianapolis Colts. It was a close game at halftime. Trayvon Diggs was getting a little bit cooked. And then it just goes all haywire from there. They beat them 54-19, to 19, was it? Yeah, what a game. Kind of proves Jeff Saturday not built for the NFL to be a head coach. You know, we thought after the first few games he might be, but now not anymore. Jeff Saturday struggling right now. Cowboys torched the Colts on Sunday Night Football. Deshaun Watson played great, everybody. Struggled at times on Sunday. Got off to a rough start. Houston Texans went 5-0. It was a little bit of a quirky game. Browns had three defensive special teams touchdowns, two defensive touchdowns, one special team touchdown. Punt return by Don Peoples-Jones, my Michigan guy. So yeah, a little bit interesting thing right there. Deshaun Watson couldn't punch into the end zone as much as he wanted to. They got a win over the worst team in the NFL, Houston Texans. I mean, just see how it goes. They got a big matchup this week, however it might be, with Deshaun Watson. But Christian Watson, everybody... It's the guy everybody kind of started to write off at the beginning of his career because he dropped a 80-yard touchdown his first career game. He has eight touchdowns. Eight touchdowns in his last four games. That's pretty good stuff right there. Playing like one of the best wide receivers in the NFL right now, Christian Watson. What a game that was for him on Sunday. I mean, what a great sequence he's having. What a great type of season he's having now. He's pulling together in his rookie season. Could he be a candidate for offensive rookie of the year? Leave your answer in the comment section. Detroit Lions, everybody. What a great win that was on Sunday against the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence still struggling. Doug Pearson still struggling. But Jared Goff played well. Proves why he kind of was the number one overall pick. We all know why he hasn't lived up to that, the number one pick. But Lions did get a great win on Sunday. They played great in offense. Minnesota Vikings, we talked about them. They got a great win against the Jets. Jets, Mike White, is this where the honeymoon starts to end? Last season where he got the win against the Bengals, and then he kind of fizzled out a little bit against the Bills. And that's starting to happen with Mike White right here. And it's going to happen again this week. But yeah, we're just going to have to wait and see. My New York Giants, obviously a tough game against the Washington Commanders. Tie game, but nobody likes to tie in the NFL, do they? Ravens got a one-point win against the Denver Broncos. Defense played great, but that's not a hard task against the Denver Broncos offense. That's the thing to look forward to. Lamar Jackson is going to be out for three weeks. Tyler Huntley, similar play styles, but nobody can replicate what Lamar Jackson does. So I'm interested to see how it goes with Tyler Huntley at the helm for the next two weeks with the Baltimore Ravens, who were my Super Bowl preseason pick. This is inside Bengals, everybody. They're 8-4 now. Everybody kind of wants to start to write them off the beginning of the season. They start out 0-2. They're playing great. Cincinnati Bengals, good job. Playing great. Joe Burrow gets a great win against the Kansas State Chiefs. Undefeated against the Chiefs in his career. Great stuff right there by Joe Burrow. The Raiders, everybody. I said that the Raiders, they might pull things together. Josh and Dales, never know. Derek Carr's been playing well. They beat the Chargers on Sunday. Great game by the Raiders. Derek Carr. Let's move to MLB. We have some great hot stuff news. First thing I'm going to talk about right here, which broke my heart as a New York Mets fan, diehard New York Mets fan, Jacob DeGrom leaving his longtime team, New York Mets, to go to the Texas Rangers. A little bit of a weird move because he obviously wanted it for the money, but I mean, there's always reports coming about Jacob DeGrom. He's an introvert. He doesn't talk to people. He's always hurt. He's not a great pitcher. He's overrated. He's this, he's that. That all might be true, but he's played like the greatest athlete in the plant the past few years when he's healthy, and that's not an understatement. So Jacob DeGrom, Texas Rangers, again, gem in my eyes. But my New York Mets, they went out, they said, no, Jacob DeGrom, no problem. Let's get Justin Verlander who's been a better pitcher Jacob DeGrom in the past years because he's been more healthy. I know Justin Verlander missed last season, but he just won the Cy Young Award. Justin Verlander, great stuff right there. Justin Verlander to the Mets, it's a flashy move. Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, they can stay healthy. That's an amazing one-two punch at pitcher. You know, you get a wild card series, 
First game you start Max Scherzer. Next game you start Justin Verlander. Who says no? That's great stuff right there. By New York Mets picking up Justin Verlander. But their division rivals, Philadelphia Phillies, they said, hey, you get Justin Verlander, we're going to pick up Trey Turner to dominate Justin Verlander. Shortstop, Trey Turner gets a massive deal from Philadelphia Phillies to go there. There's a rumor that he had a bigger offer than Francisco and Dorhau New York Mets to go to the San Diego Padres, where he started his career, actually, in the minors, but he didn't take that deal. Maybe a little uh, mad that they traded him when he was early on his career. So Trey Turner not going to the Padres, he's going to the Phillies. It's more to the college basketball. Gonzaga, everybody, kind of frauds. Bob Huggins said at the beginning of the season, bring him to the Big 12. They'll get dominated. Not in the Big 12 right now. They're still in the West Coast Conference, but they're not playing great. Is this a lock to make the NCAA tournament? I really don't know at this point if they don't win their conference championship. They struggle with their non-conference so far outside being Kentucky. Interesting stuff by Gonzaga. Now for North Carolina. This is going to be a fun one for me. I said at the beginning of the season, North Carolina, they're not going to do well. They did terrible in the regular season last year. We're all just blindsided by the fact that they made the national championship. They've been terrible so far. Four straight losses for North Carolina. Almost lost to Portland. What are they doing? North Carolina, not a great team. UConn, number five team in the country. They're playing great. Creighton, back-to-back losses. Texas and Nebraska. That's part of the headlines this week. Leave thoughts in the comment section. Now, Score Sports NFL Game Day. If you're not familiar with Score Sports NFL Game Day, it's where I pick the top NFL games of the week. Let's hop into it. First game, Thursday Night Football, Raiders versus Rams. If Baker Mayfield starts this one, that's a big if, because he's still learning the playbook, go through all this stuff in the next few days. That's not happening. I get the Raiders this one. They keep it going. This team could sneak into the playoffs after a rough start to the season. Raiders beat the Rams. Dolphins versus Chargers. The Dolphins pick up another loss. Tua Tonga a little bit banged up right now. Chargers coming off a bad loss to the Raiders. They're angry, giving the Chargers over the Dolphins. Jets versus Bills. Like I said, this is where the Mike White show just collapses. I get the Bills this one over the Jets. Browns versus Bengals. Bengals. Playing great right now, 8-4. They're just playing great. Browns didn't get things going on offense too much last week. Nick Chubb played great, not Deshaun Watson. And that keeps on going. Give me the Bengals over the Browns. Eagles versus Giants. I'd love to pick the Giants as a Giants fan, but I just can't do it. Give me the Eagles over the Giants. Eagles are the best team in the NFL. One loss in the season. They're playing great. They torched A.J. Brown's four team. A.J. Brown torched his former team, Tennessee Titans, where they had to fire their GM today because they traded him. And they torches them yet again. So yeah, Eagles over the Giants. Buccaneers versus 49ers. This is a game where if Jimmy Garoppolo starts with the 49ers, they win this one, but now they're kind of dejected. They have no quarterback. Brock Purdy, and we've seen a lot of memes about Brock Purdy this season. He's not the greatest quarterback. Mr. Irrelevant loses this one. Give me the Buccaneers over the 49ers. Patriots versus Cardinals in the last game we're going to pick right here. Patriots not playing great. Cardinals definitely not playing great. The Cardinals are off a bye week. I think they win this one. Patriots really just need a break right now, but they're not getting one, so give me the Cardinals over the Patriots. That's about for Squared Sports NFL game this week. Leave thoughts in the comment section. Now, Scored Sports Scream. If you're not familiar with what Scored Sports Scream is, it's where I pick a candidate each episode and I decide to scream on them. Somebody in the sports world. So I've done RJ Young before. I've done Noah Syndergaard. Even got his mom to reply to that. I've done college football coaches like Mel Tucker. I've done that twice. So now we're going to do Dabo Swinney. Here's an interesting one right here because you can say Dabo Swinney. He just won the ACC. He's making a New York Six Bowl. I think they might win that New York Six Bowl game, but I'm still screaming on him. Because he stuck it out with DJ Ongle the past two years. After that Notre Dame game in 2020, when DJ Ongle threw for 400 yards, but they still lost that game, I said, DJ, he's a great player, but he can make that big mistake. He gets yards, but they kind of just chuck down the field, not so important yards. That's what I saw with DJ in his freshman year, and everybody said, oh, you're crazy. Doesn't help the team that much. Stats aren't great. They almost lost to Boston College and Notre Dame in his time starting in 2020. But then everybody says, 
He's going to be better than Trevor Lawrence. He's going to be the next this. He's going to be the next that. His first real game starting against Georgia, he gets dominated. They get a pick six off them. They win 10-3. to three. Then they lose to North Carolina State. Then they lose to Pitt. That's when it ends the season. They didn't want to bench DJ Rungley because they really had nobody in the roster. I mean, Tyson Fomenomich, that's really not a great quarterback right there. But now this season, you got five-star. You got lead 11 quarterback winner, Kate Klubnik coming in. And everybody says, start Kate Klubnik over DJ Rungley. And Dabo says, I'm going to stick with DJ. He's my guy. He's got all the tools. DJ right now is damaged goods. That's all he is. You can play great on defense, which they do most games. But he makes that big mistake. You see in that Syracuse game, they almost lose that game. Makes turnovers in the red zone. And then they bring in Kay Klubnik, and he balls out. Doesn't have to do too much, doesn't try to do too much. And they win that game. So they say, okay, that's fine. Let's stick with DJ. And two games later, they get the doors blown off them against Notre Dame. So that's why I understand right there. Why didn't you start Kate Klumnick the whole entire season? You would have been so much better. You probably would be undefeated right now because DJ in that South Carolina game was terrible, even though you might want to think it and not want to think it. You probably would have lost the ACC championship game or been closer if you started DJ Anglais. And then you get Kate Klumnick in there. He's slinging it 60 yards. He's getting rushing touchdowns. He even had a reception. So many passing touchdowns for Kate Klumnick. Dabo Swinney, most stubborn guy in college football, doesn't take in transfers. He's only taken in one transfer his whole time at Clemson. And that was Hunter Johnson to be his third-string quarterback who had been at Clemson his freshman year, and they transferred to Northwestern, and they came back to Clemson. That's the only transfer ever. You got to stick with the times, Dabo Swinney. Nick Saban's doing it. Jim Harbaugh's clearly doing it. Dabo Swinney's got issues, everybody. Start Kate Clement for next year. He can win the Heisman. If you did it this year, you're in the college ball playoff right now. So uh, really don't understand that by Dabo Swinney and the Clemson Tigers team. Dabo Swinney got issues. Lost two corners this year. I get that. You lose Tony Elliott. You lose Brent Venables. Neither of them do well as a head coach this year. It's just interesting stuff. Dabo Swinney, most stubborn guy in college football. He's my scream this week. Now, top five, everybody. This week's top five is my top five teams in the NFL. Let's hop into it. I'm going to tell you right here. You're going to disagree with most of my picks. But I'll explain them. Let's do it. Number five, San Francisco 49ers. You could say, they don't have Jim Garoppolo. They have Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy at quarterback. I know that. That's why they're number five and not number two, number three, number four. This is still a great team on defense and on offense. Cal Shanahan can get his playmakers involved. They have Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, two of the best playmakers in the NFL, maybe ever. He's going to figure out a way to get Brock Purdy to get them the ball. Kyle Shanahan's going to use what he's got. He's going to create a great team. I mean, they're playing great in defense right now. No debate about it. 49ers, number five. Number four, Baltimore Ravens. This is a Ravens team where if they're fully healthy, they're amazing. They were my preseason Super Bowl pick and not regretting it yet. But this is still an interesting team because you got Lamar Jackson. When he's healthy, maybe the best quarterback in the NFL. One of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You got a running game. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. It's a good running game. The wide receivers are obviously the biggest issue. You got Mark Andrews, one of the best Titans in the NFL. You got a great offensive line unit. The defense is amazing. Mike McDonald, their defense coordinator, my Michigan guy. Justin Tucker, amazing special teams. Jordan Stout, good partner. That's what the little things with the Baltimore Ravens. That's why they're number four for me. Number four, Baltimore Ravens. Number three, Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills, you know, you play great for most of the season, and then you have a game in tour there where you're just not good. Like that Dolphins game. Like that Vikings game where you just get a bad loss. Shouldn't have lost that game. Shouldn't have lost that game. Miami definitely shouldn't have lost that game to Minnesota. Just mistakes. Fumbling the ball in the one-yard line. Giving up a fourth and 18 Justin Jefferson. Stuff like that can't happen. They may be more disciplined, but if they are, number three, Buffalo Bills. Number two, Kansas City Chiefs. Tossed up between two and one, but I'm going to go with the better record, the Philadelphia Eagles at number one. Kansas City Chiefs, just an amazing team. Mahomes, Kelsey, all around. Isaiah Pacheco at running back. Kyra Tillaire at running back. This is one of the better 
Patrick Mahomes team's in his career. Patrick Mahomes is in his sixth season in the NFL right now, fifth starting. So number two, Kansas City Chiefs. And number one, Philadelphia Eagles. No debate about it right here. Jalen Hurts, amazing quarterback. A.J. Brown, amazing wide receiver, obviously. The running game's there. Dallas Goddard, when he's healthy, he's amazing. So it's just a great team, guys. Philadelphia Eagles, number one. That's my top five this week. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Now, did you know? Did you know is where I give every single episode since episode one. I give you an amazing sports fun fact, something interesting like that. Let's do it. Did you know this week? Did you know the 2000 NBA draft was so bad to only nine players average more than 10 points per game in their career? Nine out of 60. That's interesting to me right there. Did you know that? That's how bad 2000 NBA draft was. Did you know that? Leave down in the comment section. Easily the worst NBA draft class ever. Did you know that? Leave down in the comment section. That's bad for did you know this week. Now, around the base. If you don't know what the round base is, it's our MLB segment. Talk about the MLB, everything like that. Let's hop into it. First thing I want to talk about around the base right here, and I touched on the headlines, was Justin Merlander going over to the New York Mets. But how does this impact New York Mets? How does it help them get over that hump? Because as a Mets fan, I mean, I'm pretty dejected after last season. The way it started to the way it ended, it's so interesting to watch full MLB season now because that can just happen at the end. You blow the division lead to the Atlanta Braves, and then you don't even win a playoff game. You win one playoff game. And that's Jacob DeGrom on the mound. He's not even on your team anymore. But this is a good step in the right direction. Maybe you pick up Kodai Senga from the New York Mets and that boosts your rotation. But right now, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, is that the best one-two punch? And then we'll be right now. Leave your answer in the comment section. Mets still trying to build on some hitting. Brian Nemo, he might come back. Maybe they pick up Brian Reynolds. A guy maybe they could have picked up, but they didn't get it. Cody Bellinger, he's going over to the Chicago Cubs. Cody Bellinger, kind of a guy with an interesting career. Wins his rookie of the year, sets the rookie home run record in the NL, comes second in the MVP voting in 2018, wins it in 2019, and then he falls off a cliff from 2020, 2021, breaks his foot in 2021, out for most of the season. They just plays terrible. Bats 190, bats 190 last year. Cody Bellinger maybe can get back on his feet with the Chicago Cubs. It's going to be interesting to see, though. Cody Bellinger going over to Chicago Cubs. Jacob DeGrom, we talked about him. This is a Rangers team. They're not afraid to spend. They just bought Andrew Heaney. They just got Jacob DeGrom. They got Marcus Sibby and Corey Seager last year. Jacob DeGrom going over to the Texas Rangers. Trey Turner, already talked about him. Padres prepared to make him the highest paid shortstop ever. Over for Nano Tatis. Over Francisco Lindor, he won maybe a few million smaller offer to the Philadelphia Phillies, but still one of the top highest paid shortstops ever, one of the highest paid players ever. But Trey Turner going over to the Philadelphia Phillies, is he worth the guy's getting paid right now? 11 years. They're going to keep him until he's 40 years old. That's a little bit of an interesting move right there. He's a guy known for his speed. When he's 40 years old, is he still going to have that speed? We'll never know with Trey Turner. We'll see. Aaron Judge. Still on the verge. We saw John Heyman report today. Hey, he's going to the San Francisco Giants. And then five minutes later, he says, I jumped the gun. He's not going to the San Francisco Giants yet. Well, it's going to be interesting to see because New York Yankees, they can still make an offer for him. They just re-signed their GM, Brian Cashman. That's a good move right there. So Aaron Judge, is he going to be a New York Yankee? Or is he going to be a San Francisco Giant? Leave your answer in the comment section. Clayton Kershaw entering the past few years of his career. I mean, next few years of his career might be his last. He re-signs the Los Angeles Dodgers. Good move right there. Not going to a new team. Clayton Kershaw, try and bring the game back together. His pitching's fallen off in the past couple of years. We all know that. But Clayton Kershaw, maybe getting back to that Cy Young level. We'll see. Clayton Kershaw re-signs, re-ups with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Wilson Contreras, there, one of the league's top catchers, he's got interest in the Houston Astros. There's obviously interest in the trade deadline. Dusty Baker says, yep, we might bring him in. But there you have Christian Vasquez. There you have Martin Malinado. It's going to be interesting to move my eyes. Maybe carry all three of those catchers. That's a lot of payroll right there for Houston Astros. 
Wilson Contreras might go over to the Houston Astros. That's about for around the bases this week. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Now, what lane would I take? This segment is where I get put myself in a scenario. I put on my GM hat. I do whatever I want. I give you a scenario. I say what I would do in that scenario. So here's the lane I would take. Conference championship games, college football. The great time to cancel them. Everyone's team's playoff chances, time to cancel them. No interest. I had no interest in watching conference championship games this weekend. I love watching Michigan torch Purdue Bowlmakers, but we all knew that was going to happen. We all knew Clemson was eventually going to beat North Carolina. We all knew Georgia was eventually going to torch LSU. Only one that kind of surprised a few people was Kansas State being TCU, and that affected nothing. Kansas State doesn't get into the playoff. They have three losses. TCU, one loss in the season, finished 12-0, and they just do nothing with it. They stay at number three. They don't move up. They don't move down. The only team that really moved in was Ohio State. USC, we all knew they were kind of frauds. I kind of thought Ohio State, 11-1, I think they would have gone over 12-1 USC, say USC won the Pac-12 championship game. I thought Ohio State maybe deserved that because I thought Ohio State was a better team than USC. I'll admit that. Ohio State would have gone to the playoff either way. They don't impact much conference championship games. Yes, you've seen a few great wins over the years. You see 2016, Penn State versus Wisconsin, that doesn't do much. Penn State just clinches the Rose Bowl spot. You see Utah versus Oregon last year. That doesn't do much. You see some great SEC championship games, Georgia versus Alabama, but Georgia doesn't get in because they lose to Alabama and Jalen Hurts that year because Tua got hurt. So it doesn't do much conference championship games. As we enter this 12-team playoff, whatever it might be, I think you just go with the regular season winner. In the Big Ten, regular season winner would have obviously been Michigan. Pac-12 would have been USC. They get into the playoff. Tulane would have been the group of five winner. I'm confused by this right here. Conference championship games don't mean as much as they used to. I don't think there's a need for them in college football anymore. And it's fun to watch a Week 13 game, but I'm okay with just a 14-win national champion. 14-0. You don't need to play 15 games. That's my thought right there. This isn't the NFL. No need to play that many games. That's my take on coverage championship games. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Now, College Ball Showcase. College Ball Showcase, we usually do my top 25, then my hot takes for the week. But there's no games this week outside of Army Navy, and I'm picking Navy in that one. College Ball Showcase this week, I'm going to give you my post-conference championship week. Go into the playoff, go into the real postseason. Top 25, I'll give you my Heisman winner, I'll give you some awards. We're going to hop into all that. Let's do it. My College Ball Showcase, top 25. Number 25, Troy. They just won the Sun Belt. I'm playing great right now. Troy, number 25. Number 24, Mississippi State. They won the Egg Bowl Senate, 8 and 4 right now. Mississippi State gets in my rankings, number 24. 23, UCF. Yes, you lost to Tulane. I'm keeping you in my rankings, though, as the think four loss team now. Jeez. UCF, number 23. 22, Duke. Mike Elko wins coach of the year. They're 8 and 4 right now. Riley Leonard, great quarterback. All their games that they lost were by one possession, and they led in all those games. So Duke, number 22. 21, UTSA. Sinat, 10 2 right now. Two losses on the season. Won triple overtime in week one against Houston. And then won a few weeks later, Texas, where they put up a good fight, but they lost that one. UTSA, Conference USA champion and winner. They're at number 21 for me. Number 20, Notre Dame. Notre Dame kind of had a great middle of the season after a terrible start to the season. And then they kind of end their season the wrong way. They lose to USC. But if they beat USC, hey, maybe they're in a New York Six Bowl right now, but they're not. Notre Dame, number 20. Number 19, Oregon State. Oregon State, their quarterback. Chase Nolan just transferred into the transfer portal, but they're playing a bowl game right now. They're going to play in the Las Vegas Bowl against Florida, but they finished the season at 9-3. They had some tough losses to USC, tough losses to Utah, but they did beat 
Oregon, last game of the season up in Corvallis. That's a great game for them right there. Number 19, Oregon State. Number 18, South Carolina. Their tight end, Jaheim Belch, sent to the transfer portal. Spencer Rattler is probably going to declare for the NFL draft. So Shane Beamer's going to have to restart again, but I think he could do it. Shane Beamer in South Carolina, Gamecocks. Number 18, number 17, Texas. They closed out their season the right way. Kansas State didn't lose to Kansas, so they didn't get into the Big 12 championship game. But Texas, I think there was too many emotions to them in that TCU game. If it's not a night game, if it's not, oh, you can make a New Year's Six Bowl game, you can do this, you can do that if you beat TCU. I think the nerves wouldn't have been there as much. I think they maybe even would have won that game. Quinn Rivers played terrible in that one. We're 17, Texas. We're 16, UCLA. They're going over to Sumble in El Paso. So UCLA, number 16, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. They kind of had their fall from grace. They were at a great start to the season, undefeated. They beat Utah. They had a couple close games there against South Alabama and a few other teams. They had a great season in UCLA, and then they lose to Arizona. And then they lose to USC, and then they lose to Oregon, and now all wheels kind of fall off. Eight and four right now for UCLA. They're number 16. Number 15, Oregon Goat Ducks. Ducks obviously had their tough end of the season, losing two out of the last three games, losing one to Washington, losing one to Oregon State. If we win those two games, you might be in the college football playoff right now. No kidding. Oregon, number 15. 14, Tulane, the best group of five team, Green Wave. Let's ride it, number 14. 13, Florida State, Florida State, 9-3. Just a great team. End of their season the right way. I said week one, they're going to beat LSU. They're going to start a great season. They did that, but then they had two really rough games in the middle of the season. Gets Wake Forest and then gets North Carolina State, both kind of buzzer beater games. So Florida State, number 13. 12, Washington, Washington, two loss on the season, both by one possession. You win against Arizona State, you might be in the college ball playoff right now as a Pac-12 champion. That didn't happen. I said all season, Washington, they're a one possession team. They're going to score a touchdown every possession. But when they don't score that one touchdown, they might lose that game because their defense can't hold up. Kind of what happened this year with Washington. Washington, number 12. Number 11, Utah, they're heading to the Rose Bowl. They're going to play Penn State. Why well, I have it number 10 right now. Penn State, number 10. Utah, number 11. Number 9, USC. They're going to play Tulane in the Cotton Bowl. Caleb Williams might not even play in that one, but Caleb Williams and USC got off to a great start in that game. And then USC says, how do we tackle somebody? How do we tackle a football player? How do I throw a football, Caleb Williams? Caleb Williams got injured. USC forgot how to tackle. Lincoln Riley forgot how to coach. All that stuff happened. Number 9, USC. Number 8, Tennessee, I had them at number five last week, and this week I had them at number eight. I had them over Alabama last week, but then I started thinking about things. Alabama, if they played right now, with Joe Milton, that quarterback, still gives me nightmares from my Michigan days. I think Alabama will win that rematch. Tennessee, number eight. Seven, Kansas State. I said all year long, this Kansas State team, they're a great team. They have some great losses. They lost to Tulane, they lost to Texas, and they lost to TCU. But... TCU game, they probably should have won. They went out 28-10. to 10. They avenged that one loss against TCU. You played a game against Texas, close game, but you have Adrian Martinez, a quarterback, not Will Howard. And the same for that two-lane game. If Adrian Martinez doesn't start, if Will Howard starts this whole season, you might be in the college football playoff right now. Kansas State, number seven. Six, Clemson. Clemson, I think with Kate Klubnick at quarterback, those six best team in college football. You just won your conference in that bowl game against Tennessee. I think you win that one. Clemson, number six. Number five, Alabama, roll tide. Kind of thought it was funny how Nick Saban was on uh, Fox Big Ten Championship halftime game, kind of preaching that he should be in the college ball playoff, saying they had injuries, saying that they had this, they had that, that they lost in the last play game of both their losses. All true, but your best wins against Mississippi State and all this. So, number five, Alabama. And now my playoff, same as the college ball playoff committee, four Ohio State, three TCU, two Michigan, go blue, and one Georgia. That's my top 25. Leave thoughts in the comment section. So we're nearing the end of the college football season. We're entering the postseason after college football conference championship games. Heisman winner gets announced this Saturday. So first things first, I'm going to give you my Heisman winner. And I think it's going to be Max Duggan. Max Duggan is the toughest player in college football. Was he the best player in college football this year? 
No, but he's the most valuable. That's what the Heisman really is all about. Caleb Williams, he didn't do too much then this season. For USC, you see how passionate Max Duggan was. You could put me at quarterback for Georgia and you're playing like Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett, he said, I'm not too bad at football either. That's true, but Stetson Bennett isn't the greatest quarterback. We're going to see that this year in the college ball playoff. Maybe he gets exposed a little bit in the college ball playoff. So that would happen last year. But this year's different Georgia team. They don't have the vertical threats like they did last year with Jermaine Burton, a couple other guys. Max Duggan, my Heisman winner for this year. Quarterback for TCU. What a story for Max Duggan. You know, starts his freshman year at TCU. 2020 gets that heart condition. Comes back in 2021. Doesn't get the job. 2022 doesn't get the job. Week one, Chandler Morris goes down. Max Duggan steps in, and they're in the college football playoff right now. Max Duggan is my Heisman Award winner. Deion Sanders, everybody. This is a very interesting move. It's a boomer bust because this is a program in Colorado where you didn't really expect this type of flashy hire. Deion Sanders, very flashy hire. But you bring in Shadur Sanders to be that quarterback. I put a poll on my Scored Sports Instagram saying, should Shadur Sanders beat, will he be a top three quarterback in the Pac-12? And I really said, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. He's coming from Jackson State. They just went 12-0 at Jackson State. Maybe he brings number one recruit Travis Hunter with him. If I was Travis Hunter, I'd be going to Bama right now. I'd be going to Florida State. I'd be going to Auburn, not Colorado. He's going to get recruits to Deion Sanders. He's, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Maybe they're going to be the next USC, something like that. Deion Sanders goes to Colorado. Now, we had a lot of players into the transfer portal and declare, so I'm going to talk about that right now. We had Dijon Wangale into the transfer portal. His brother is number one defense tackle in this year's recruiting class. They're going to be a package deal. Dijon Wangale and Mateo Wangale. So, DJU in the portal. Anthony Richardson declaring for the NFL draft. I really thought he could use one more year in college football. He's not doing it. Anthony Richardson going to the NFL. Devin Leary, he could be a top quarterback pick next year in the NFL. He's going to the transfer portal. Let's see where he ends up. What do you think Devin Leary ends up? Leave your answer in the comments section. Hudson Card started a few games in Texas over the past few years. He's entering the portal. Zach Calzada, Alabama killer. He's entering the portal. Drew Pine, quarterback from Notre Dame this year when Tyler Buckner went down. Tyler Buckner's coming back. So Drew Pine in the portal. And for your start for Oklahoma State, Spencer Sanders, he's in the portal. So now let's do our award show for college football. I'm going to give you who I thought was the best quarterback all season long. I'm going to give you what I thought was the best head coach, best wide receiver, best player who wasn't a quarterback, most surprising team, and then a few more. So let's hop into it right now. Who's the best quarterback in college football? I know I said Max Duggan was the Heisman, but I think Hedden Hooker should have been a Heisman finalist. And if he was, I think maybe Hedden Hooker would have been the Heisman. Hedden Hooker, when he played, was the best quarterback in college football this year. No debate about Hedden Hooker, best quarterback in college football this year. Who's the best coach? It's Sonny Dykes. Not even close. Sonny Dykes comes from SMU and in his first year, he goes 12-0, and he makes a college football playoff. No doubt about it. Best coach, Sonny Dykes. Who's the best player that wasn't a quarterback? This player should have been the Heisman. If they stayed healthy, they would have been the Heisman. Blake Corum. Blake Corum, you compare him to his stats through 11 games with Derrick Henry, with Mark Ingram, the past two running backs to win the Heisman. He's better. But this past two games of the year against Ohio State, against Purdue, I understand that. Blake Corum was the best player who wasn't a quarterback this year. My eyes. Who's the best wide receiver? The obvious pick is Marvin Harrison Jr., but stats-wise, I think it's Jalen Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt puts some crazy stats. Five touchdowns against Alabama. A few touchdowns against Kentucky. So many touchdowns a year for Jalen Hyatt. He was an impact player. I don't know if Tennessee is where they are right now without Jalen Hyatt. I think Ohio State might be in the same position without Marvin Harrison Jr. Skill-wise, Marvin Harrison Jr. might be the best player in college football. But what I saw this year, Blinskoff Award goes to Jalen Hyatt. Who was the most surprising team in college football this year? Sticking with Tennessee. Tennessee, I had them at number 25 in my preseason poll, but they were great this year. They got up to number one. The rankings, they're most surprising to me. Most surprising team, Tennessee. Who's the most disappointing in the last award right here? It's got to be the Miami Hurricanes. Mario Cristobal, whoa, what happened there? 
They bring in Dan Landing, Oregon. He might be better than Mario Cristobal. Mario Cristobal brings in Josh Gaddis, who was terrible for them this year. Josh Gaddis obviously came from Michigan as their offense coordinator, but Josh Gaddis didn't do much in Miami this year. They lost to Texas A&M in their third game this season. They had struggles their second game against Southern Miss. So it was interesting. And then they lose to Middle Tennessee. They lose to Duke. They lose to a lot of other teams. Miami didn't even make a bowl game. Could be Michigan State. Michigan State, I think a lot of people kind of expected to drop off Kenneth Walker not being there. But nobody expected Miami to be this bad. So that's my college ball word show. Leave thoughts in the comment section. Now, at the buzzer. If you don't know what at the buzzer is, it's the last segment of the episode. We're going to call it at the buzzer, the last segment of the episode. Let's do it. Is Paolo Boncaro on pace to be the best rookie ever? He's averaging 21 points per game. Yes, it's a crazy take to throw out there, but he's putting up a LeBron James rookie type numbers right there. 21 points per game. That's kind of crazy to me. Is Paolo Boncaro on pace to be the best rookie ever? That's my at the buzz this week. I think so. He's playing great so far. Ben Matherin in a regular year will be rookie of the year. But this year, so far, from what I've seen in the first few months, Paolo Boncaro is rookie of the year on pace to be one of the best rookies ever in my eyes. Paolo Boncaro, is he the best rookie ever? Leave your answer in the comment section. Is he on pace to do it? That's about for at the buzz this week. Now, the best for last question day. This week's question day is, who would you take if you're an MLB GM? Put on your MLB GM hat. Would you take Jacob DeGrom or Justin Verlander? I think the Mets kind of sided with Justin Verlander. They didn't want to give DeGrom so much money. So they said, hey, DeGrom, go to the Texas Rangers. We'll just get Justin Verlander. Who do you take? Leave your answer in the comment section. Jacob DeGrom or Justin Verlander? I think I'm going to go with DeGrom. Speed, velocity, everything's there for him. But I can see why you could take Justin Verlander. Still so happy to have Justin Verlander as a Mets fan. That's the question day. Would you take Jacob DeGrom, Justin Verlander? Leave your answer in the comment section. That's five for Squared Sports Land, episode 103. Thank you for tuning in. Follow Squared Sports on Instagram at Squared Sports. Follow Squared Sports on Twitter at Squared Sport. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review for the best sports content in the world. We'll be back next week, episode 104. Stay tuned.